In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. In preparation for Holy Week, there's a verse that caught my eye, and I felt that this is maybe what God wants us to focus on the entire week. I know you're think, maybe thinking we're going to read one verse for the whole week. We're going to run out of stuff to talk about. Well, let's read it and see. And if we run out of stuff to talk about, we'll find, we'll find another verse to talk about for the last couple of days. Romans chapter 3 verse 25 reads as follows. Speaking about Jesus Christ. Whom God set forth as a propitiation by his blood through faith to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance God had passed over the sins that were previously committed. Wow, that sounds like a foreign language. So maybe we need to read the context. Let's read from verse 21 to 26 and we'll try to get the context today and then we'll break it up into pieces as we go through the, through the whole week and see how this verse not only summarizes Holy Week and not only summarizes the work of Christ, but this verse is one of many verses showing something very specific about Jesus, which is a total game changer, which is something that can change everything in our lives. So let's read it with all of its context, verse 21 through 26. But now the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ to all and on all who believe. For there is no difference, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God set forth as a propitiation by his blood through faith to demonstrate his righteousness, because in his forbearance God had passed over the sins that were previously committed. To demonstrate at the present time that his righteousness, to demonstrate at the present time his righteousness, that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. The grace of God the Father be with you all. Amen. What is St. Paul talking about here? Let's define a few terms that maybe will help us as we go through these verses. The first thing St. Paul is saying is that all of this, well, we don't know what this is yet, but we're going to know. All of this was done so it could show how God loves things to be right. He loves things to be good. Like if something is askew, he loves for it to be straight. If something is um, out of place, he loves for it to be put back in its place, right? How to, to demonstrate this character of God. So we, wanna, we want this whole Holy Week to be focusing on who is this Jesus. Lest perhaps, perhaps I have devoted my life to one, this Jesus Christ, and I have devoted myself to him, and I actually don't know him. Lest perhaps I think his favorite flavor of ice cream is chocolate and it turns out to be vanilla. Lest perhaps, lest perhaps I think he doesn't like loud noises, but in fact he himself isn't afraid to be loud. Lest in fact I don't really know him. Most of you, if you called me and my caller ID failed, I would know who you were. Because I know you and you know me. I know you. Do I know Jesus? Do I know him? Well, one of his characters, one of the things that really characterize him is righteousness. So, 
He did this, but we don't know what this is yet. He did this so that his righteousness could be revealed apart from the law. What's the law? Remember back way when, when the people of Israel, and we're going to talk a lot about them, and they left Egypt, remember? And they, when they left Egypt, they walked in the wilderness, and they kind of became a nation. Upon leaving Egypt, they went to Egypt, and they were 70-some people, and they left a couple of million. So a couple of million is no longer a family, you know, if, if a couple of million, that's a really big family, you know, so we would usually call that a nation. And a nation means some organizing principles, usually we call those laws. So God says, you need some laws. Some of the laws that God gave them were laws that were related to his character, to who he is. So those will never change. Some of them were civil laws. Right? So if your donkey falls in a pit and the other guy finds the donkey and he doesn't tell you and the donkey dies, then he has to pay you the price of the donkey. But if a cow falls in the pit and he takes the cow out of the pit and he doesn't know whose it belongs to and he milks the cow, he can keep the milk, but he has to give you the cow back in exchange and you don't have to pay him, he doesn't have to pay you for the milk and all this stuff, right? So, right? God, he wanted to make some civil laws, okay? So there were some civil laws. And other laws were also prophecies, like we were talking about the Psalms. They were also prophecies, and some of them were fulfilled in Christ, and others are yet to be fulfilled. Anyhow, so when we see the word the law, like the law, as a proper term, that's what it's referring to. It's referring to the stuff that God told Moses to organize this massive family into a nation and to get them organized. So this, the first verse is saying that God wanted to show his righteousness, how much he loves things to be right, apart from the law, apart from if you're cow and if you're donkey and so on, apart from, you know, love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind, apart from, apart from all of the rules, God wanted to show his righteousness. Well, if, his, if, if how much he loves goodness and like for things to be right and good and just so is not only revealed by the rules, well, what else could it be revealed by? This. What's this? We'll see. And he continues in verse 22 and says, or in the end of verse 22, he says that this was revealed in the law and the prophets, but he wanted to reveal it in a different way. And then in verse 22, he says, even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ. So if you have faith in Jesus Christ, you can have an experience of the rightness of God, the righteousness of God, the, the, the God wanting everything to be just right, just so, just perfect. You can have an experience of that through having faith in Jesus Christ. If you experience this, yeah, I mean, what is this? Right? What are we talking about? Right? St. Paul is getting to it. Right? And he says, there's no difference. There's no difference between seeing everything just right and just so, and seeing the rightness of God, the righteousness of God in the law, and seeing the righteousness of God which is available through faith, and only through faith, in this. We don't know what this is yet. And then he goes on to say, but don't forget, huh, in verse 23, says, don't forget, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. 
So don't, this what I'm telling you is not just for you. I'm not saying you're a bad person. I know you're all good people, right? St. Paul is saying, I know all you Romans are, you're all good people. And they're persecuting you in Rome and things are going real bad and you still believe in Jesus and you haven't turned away. But you're sinners. And all are sinners. Everybody is under sin. And we're going to talk a little bit about uh, that, other examples in the Bible. And then he says, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Now here's where we get into the here's where we get into the heart and soul of what we're going to be looking at for the entirety of Holy Week. Whom God set forth as a propitiation by his blood through faith to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance God had passed over sins that were previously committed. What is St. Paul saying here? St. Paul is saying that God set forth Jesus Christ as a propitiation by his blood, which I know that word is kind of confusing. We'll explain it in a minute, right? To make his righteousness and his forbearance, his long-suffering, his patience, his ability to stick it out till the end, to make that known. And that God had passed over the sins that were previously committed. Okay, now we're getting somewhere. What is St. Paul saying? St. Paul is saying this, that God set forth Jesus Christ as a propitiation. The word propitiation means something which makes something beautiful. Okay, so I wake up in the morning, my beard is going in 17 million directions, and my hair is all over the place, and, 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 right? So I take a shower, I brush my hair, I put some beard oil, rub some beard oil into my beard, and all of a sudden, things have calmed down, right? It doesn't change who I am. It just makes me beautiful. And the reason it doesn't change who I am, I'm telling you, orthodoxy is very simple. It, it makes, doesn't change who I am. Why does it not change who I am? Why does having a shower, putting on some cologne or perfume, etc., putting on your best clothes and putting your best foot forward when you go to a job interview or whatever it is you're going to do, maybe it's a fragrance-free workplace, I don't know, right? Why does that not change who you are? Because it's outside of you, right? Now, this word propitiation will find that there's going to be stuff on the outside happening and stuff on the inside happening. And this word propitiation is going to apply to both. So, although it's a, a, a really not, the, not the, the best word, think of another term for this word propitiation. Maybe you could say beautify. Maybe you could say it's an exchange of sorts. It's an exchange of sorts that in the end of it makes me beautiful. So, let's read that again. Whom God set forth as a propitiation, as a something to make me beautiful, by his blood. So there's the exchange. Through faith to demonstrate his righteousness, because in his forbearance God had passed over the sins that were previously committed. So St. Paul is saying, that God has made us beautiful through his blood. And whatever was lacking, whatever was not so beautiful, he has made beautiful through his blood. But you only have access to this through faith. 
But if you believe, you can have access to this. If you do the song and dance and stand on your right foot and sing long melismatic hymns and all of this, but you don't have faith, you're just doing the, the stuff and the hokey pokey and turn yourself about, right? And you're not have faith, then you don't have access to what St. Paul is talking about here. So he set him forth as a propitiation, the beautifying agent, by his blood, through faith, to demonstrate his righteousness. To demonstrate, why did God do this? To demonstrate the purpose, to demonstrate his righteousness. To demonstrate how much God loves things to be just right, just so, just the way he created them to be. Doesn't take very long to see that the world is probably not the way it was intended to be, whether you believe in God or not, whether you believe in a creator or not, whether you believe in a, a natural order or process or not, a lot of people would agree that it seems like something berserk has happened in this world. It seems like things are just gone really wonky, right? Whether you believe that God has a natural order that he set forth, and as faithful here, I presume you do. Or even if you don't, even if you, if you, even if you think that, you know, it's all about biology, there's something very anti-biological about blowing oneself to bits and about blowing other people up and, 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 and just speaking to the current events of today. There's something that really just doesn't sound right about that, no matter what you believe or who you are, right? Of course, I'm sure an argument, a, a neuropsychological argument of neurotransmitters could be made to, to show how these people are predestined and so on, but that's, that's a whole different argument. Jesus was set forth by his Father to show how much God loves things to be right and to make things right by his blood. And this, all of this, St. Paul continues, because in his forbearance, in God's forbearance, in his long-suffering, in his his much prolonged and elongated patience in his waiting and 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 waiting, God has passed over the sins that were previously committed. And when we're going to talk about this issue of passed over sins which were previously committed, what does that mean? What does that mean that he has passed over sins that were previously committed? We're going to find that this word passed over is actually what we're celebrating. That's actually what we're celebrating this week. This week is called the Holy Week of Pascha, right? Pascha in Greek. If you can pronounce that funny sound, it's Pascha. If you can't, Pascha. Pascha. What is that in Hebrew? Pesach. What is Pesach transferred, trans, translated to in English? Passover. Where do we see the first reference to Passover? In Exodus 12, when the people of Israel were leaving Egypt and becoming a nation, like we talked about. But hold on a second. There's two words that are almost buddied back to back. Pesach and Abir. Abir pass through. Pesach, Passover, Abir, pass through. Is Jesus our Pesach or our 
abur our pass over or is he our pass through or is he both hmm all these things for us to discuss this week let us suffice it to say today that if you stick it out through this week i pray that you will see jesus in a whole new way and in seeing jesus in a whole new way and in seeing the light of jesus in a whole new way you will never see yourself ever the same way again glory be to god forever and ever amen i have sinned forgive me my fathers and mothers and brothers and sisters please pray for me